0: Hello, everybody Uh, we're glad you're with us again as we continue on now in the study that we're doing through the new testament we're uh, actually working through the book of john right now and um we've done matthew and mark already over the last year Uh, we're gonna we skipped luke we're going to come back to it we're going to work through the book of john together and then we're going to go and do luke and acts together throughout the year so that's where we're at and uh the Gospel of John is is different um, than Matthew, Mark, and Luke in that it presents information a little differently. Um, it's it's in this Gospel that we begin to hear more of the "I am" statements of Jesus, not not like that in the other Gospels. He, we sort of uh, catch on to a lot of them. We we saw last week in John six where Jesus said, "I am the bread of life," and and uh, that was our conversation. We we talked about how the uh, Uh, The the Passover feast was upon them, uh, the Jewish people, and and, uh, that John had wrote particularly about that because the people would be thinking about uh, Passover, about about lambs and and blood and and all that it means. And and Jesus began teaching, talking about the fact that he was indeed uh, and would be the Passover lamb. But we left John 6 where where a lot of people left because of Jesus' teaching. Uh, It was a little over the top for some of them. And because uh, he said, you, you need to eat my flesh. And, and uh, they just it just put him right over the edge. And they said, this is a hard teaching. And if you remember, at the end of John 6, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He said, how about you guys? Are you going to go too? And the response was, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of life. And we're here with you. And so um, that's kind of where we left last week. And um, we're going to look at John 7 today. And John 7 starts with with a very interesting couple of words. And I always want to bring these up. I'm sure you know what this means, but it says, after this. Uh, that's how it starts. Now, if if you ever find a spot like that, um, um, after this, then make sure, if you ever come across it, like say you were just picking up the Bible and reading, and you read after this, you need to back up a little bit <laughs> and find out what the after this was, because it will impact, uh, at some level, what's being written. So So in this case, you need to know that he has just had this the significant time that Jesus has been ministering all over Israel, that people have been impacted in tremendous ways. We already know that he's in this discussion um, with the Pharisees uh, who, who have been completely undone, and they want to kill Jesus. That's, that's where this whole thing is at. And, and now these people that have been following him and his crowds had increased because he fed them. Uh, there was a feeding of the 5,000 in the last chapter. And they were following him around for food. And he said, no, you're missing the point. I, I've got something better than physical food, spiritual food. It's it's all about a relationship with God through me. And they couldn't hear it, and so they left. And so this this, this understand that these are the things that are happening. Now he has made a name for himself though, and uh, he he's uh, you'll see what happens over this next time because another feast is underway now. It's it's the feast of Tabernacles, and so people have moved back in to uh, judea to jerusalem and that's sort of the the setup for this chapter okay so we're going to look at uh, and read through john 7 1 through 53 it should be there in your notes or if you have your bibles with you you can open them follow along i'm reading out of the niv and here we go after this jesus went around in galilee purposely staying away from judea because the jews there we're waiting to take his life. Now, let me say this too. John, when John says the Jews, he's talking about the religious leaders, the Pharisees. That's his terminology. Um, he's not just talking about all the people of Israel waiting there to take his life. That's not what he means. When, when he uses the term in this gospel, he's talking about the religious leaders. Okay? So, just make sure that we get that. <clears throat> but when the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, You ought to leave here and go to Judea, so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. That's pretty intense. Make sure you pick that up. The the brothers here were mocking him. They were ridiculing him. His own brothers. In this whole thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. Therefore, Jesus told them, The right time for me has not yet come, For you, any time is right. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that what it does is evil. You go to the feast. I am not yet going up to this feast because for me the right time has not yet come. Having said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the feast, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now, at the feast, the Jews, the religious leaders, were watching for him and asking, Where is that man? Among the crowds, there was a widespread whispering about him. Some said, he's a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the Jews, the religious leaders. Not until halfway through the feast did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having studied? Remember, the religious leaders, just the setup, I don't usually stop in the reading, but... The, the, the system at the time revolved around rabbis and these rabbis had disciples and the rabbis passed on everything they knew to their disciples and it was a big deal to be the disciple of a rabbi. They, they, they got to pick and choose and, um, they, and so these disciples all sort of follow different rabbis and all the different rabbis had slightly different variations on the teaching. And here comes Jesus teaching and all, them, all the religious leaders know he's not one of them. He didn't come through the ranks. He's not part of the group, the crowd. And here he is, and he's he's teaching in a way that it, 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 it amazes the people. All right? So um, they were amazed because, it, it, remember, the Pharisees, the struggle isn't that, because they've already gone to him thinking and saying, because Nicodemus went, well, we know the stuff you're doing is from God. It's not the issue that they don't get that. They just don't like Jesus. They just don't like the, his approach. They don't like how he's undoing things. They don't like the way he's bringing God into the picture. And so, um, and as nice religious people will, they decide they're going to kill him. <laughs> we, we chuckle. But my, my constant thing in this is we have to be careful because it's so easy to become like the Pharisees. So easy to become like the Pharisees. Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> How did this man get such learning without having studied? Verse 16, Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own, it comes from him who sent me. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teachings comes from God or whether I speak on my own. He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You are demon-possessed, the crowd answers. Who's trying to kill you? And Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you were all astonished. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, who actually didn't come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcised a child on the Sabbath. Now, if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man on the Sabbath? Do you remember in the, in the encounter in the synagogue? He'd healed the man on the Sabbath, and it was one of the things that sent the Pharisees off. And yet, circumcision had to take place on the eighth day by law, Mosaic law. And if it happened to be that a, a, a child was born and he fell, his day to be circumcised fell on the Sabbath, they did it. And so Jesus was saying, Well you, you, you do that to keep law, how is, it, how is it not okay to heal someone? See, the problem with their law keeping is they only did it as it benefited them. And even Jesus said, "You really don't keep the law," and they didn't. They were stretching it everywhere, to the point of catching them in the hypocrisy of deciding that they want to kill Jesus. I mean, the law is pretty clear about that, isn't it? Thou shalt not kill, right in the book. Let's skip that one. Verse twenty-four, and if you've got your Bibles underlined, verse twenty-four. Twenty-four is pivotal. Or write it down in the notes and go back to it later. Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. I think it's part of the theme of this, this chapter and the next couple. Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. So people knew they wanted to kill him. Some of the folks did. And yet Jesus shows up and guess what? They, they don't do much because he gets up and teaches very publicly in the process. <clears throat> uh, have the authorities really concluded that he is the Christ? But we know where this man is from. When the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd put their faith in him. They said, when the Christ comes, will he do more miraculous signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I go to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, you will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his, pardon me, on hearing his words, Some of the people said, surely this man is the prophet. Others said, he is the Christ. Still others asked, how can the Christ come from Galilee? Does not the scripture say that the Christ will come from David's family and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does. The guards declared, you mean he has deceived you also? The Pharisees retorted. Has any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? No. But this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he's doing? They replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it. And you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Then each went to his own home. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So, the, the theme that John hits on often uh, throughout the book is, is light and darkness. And, and um, uh, the, the idea is that, particularly in this chapter and in the next couple, we're going to see a, a focus on what the light does. And, and like I said, I believe it's summarized in that one verse, in verse 24, that says, Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. And, and I say that because of this, that, that people that live in darkness make judgments based on appearances. And, and they are unable to see what's really important and what's true. And, and, and so when we come to Christ, who's the light of the world we begin to see beyond the surface into the deeper things of life. And this, this light also speaks uh, to, to morality. And, and it's talking about a morality that, that exceeds that of the law-keeping Pharisees. It's a, it's a morality that comes from the heart where the Spirit leads and guides. And so there's a, there's a tremendous difference in, in what's taking place here. And, and as Jesus uh, had, had taught and, and done some miracles in and in the midst of this crowd, he has stirred up some different reactions. And, and I think it's important that, that we look at these, because I, I think that's what John is really trying to get us uh, to see in these verses. So in the beginning there, in John 7, in verses 1 and verses 7, um, one of the reactions that we see is actually hatred. The, the Pharisees have been stirred up into a murderous rage. And, and understand that, that the, the religious leaders of the day who were charged with teaching God's word to Israel were, were so undone by what Jesus said that the result of, of their interactions was they wanted to kill him. So, so one of the reactions to Jesus was, was hatred that was stirred up. In, in John 7, 3 and 5, there's another reaction that, that you need to see and it's ridicule. It's ridiculous really cool because Jesus owned brothers. Now, I think it's interesting because it, it, it could be that the motive here was jealousy. Um, and, and I would think of, most of you know the story of Joseph, whose brothers were extremely jealous of him in Genesis because he had some dreams. And, and uh, the, the dreams were uh, unsettled the brothers quite a bit. And the uh, nice brothers as they were, they figured they'd kill him. <laughs> They threw him in a pit. One of the brothers, if you've never heard the story, goes back and says, yeah, let's not kill him. We'll sell him into slavery instead. And they go, yeah, okay, that's fine. Maybe we can make a little cash. Uh, nice group of, nice family. <laughs> but Jesus' brothers are, are ridiculing him in what they say because they don't believe in him. Even even after what he's done, they they don't believe. But, uh, so so we, we see reactions of hatred stirred up. We see reactions of ridicule stirred up. In John 7, 12 and 13, there's a, another reaction that's stirred up there. It's one of conflict. And and the people begin to argue with one another. Is Jesus good or is he evil? Is, is, uh, is he a good person or is he uh, a heretic in the process? And we see another reaction in those verses and it's one of fear. Because... Uh, you see there the people who, who are convinced that he's a prophet are afraid to make a stand. And, and the people who, who think that they ought to get after him are afraid to do anything about it. And so this, this fear is stirred up as well. And, and so I look at those reactions, and this is, this is my thought, and this is what I think John is really trying to get to here. The, the Pharisees' teaching up to that point has created a community in which the reactions that we see that take place over this issue are are confusion and fear and conflict and bitterness. Um, The Pharisees, in the teaching of God's Word, had not produced a community of love, grace, and of mercy. See, that's what's supposed to happen in relationship with God the people of God should exhibit those qualities because they're characteristics of God and we should be becoming more and more like Him. And, and so it's another point to this. There's obviously something wrong with an approach to faith in God that ends up being represented by a people who are bitter, fearful, critical, and judgmental. And, so, and today we need to watch it. Again, I bring this stuff up all the time. Because there's people who, who in the name of God, are these things. They're bitter, they're critical, they're judgmental, and they're fearful. They don't represent. They don't. They don't display the characteristics of a, of being in relationship with a living God. Which characteristics should be love, grace, and mercy, extended to the people around us, and and we need to be a people that that go beyond. What we see by appearance, and and are willing to have God take us deeper to see what's really happening, what really matters, what's really important. Because what's really the most important thing is it not to bring people into a love relationship with God? Isn't that ultimately what it's all about? Once you're in, isn't that the mission that we're given? You, you know, you're in, and you're we love other people in, and 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 we have to let people see that God loves them. By loving them in, in his place. So uh, th- this is all stirred up. And, and, and so the, uh, it goes on in verses 14 through 24. Um, the, the, what the religious leaders have actually done is, is that they've rejected God's authority. And in its place, they put their own. Now they've done it in the name of God, but they haven't. It's not God any longer. They've missed it. Because if it were indeed of God, the hallmark would be love. And it's not. I've just showed you it's hatred and, and resentment and fear and judgment. It's none of the things that it should be. And, and then in verses 25 through 36, um, the, the leaders, for all their hot air, ultimately are cowards. They're afraid to do anything about Jesus, really. Um, they, they, they talk big. They send the guards out to do it. And the guards are like, we ain't messing with him. And I have a feeling they've tried to catch him and they can't. You, you keep slipping away. Can you imagine how frustrating that would be? <laughs> if Jesus ain't ready to be caught, you can't catch him. And, and it's important to make this thing too. When, because when he does go to the cross, he goes willingly. It was his time to go. You didn't know he didn't go kicking and screaming. He was only caught because he allowed himself to be that way. He could have slipped away then as he had every other time the situation arose, But he didn't. And it's important that he willingly goes as our sacrifice. So he goes for us. All right, but he slips away. And, and so the, what happens is because the leaders don't have the courage to back up their own convictions as wrong as they are, the crowds go, well, what is it then? Maybe they have figured out that he really is the Christ. So, so the, the people that are supposed to lead, the, nobody's lead, nobody's being getting what they're supposed to be getting. In this process and and if the, the conversation comes, well, he really is a heretic why are they dealing with it these are the people that are supposed to take care of this stuff and they he's up there teaching to, what, what are they thinking so finally after all the criticism comes in the pharisees they, they give the orders to have him arrested but he's not because they they don't go and do it themselves and the guards won't do it at that point in time because it's not jesus time um in in 37 through 52 jesus then again just as he did um, in, in John 3 with Nicodemus and as he did in John 4 with the Samaritan woman, he offers the people there eternal life with, with very similar language. He talks about living water again uh, and he talks about eternal life. And that that's what people can have in him. And he, he offers this to all and it says some believe, many believed, some, some take him up on the process. And, and then towards the end of the, the, the letter, what I think you need to see again is that the leaders are so mad at jesus that they condemn him and in doing they once again violate the law that they're supposed to be upholding because nicodemus remember he pops up a few times here and 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 nicodemus pops up again at the end of the book i showed you that and he actually helps joseph of arimathea to get jesus in the tomb so so you know we're not necessarily without hope for nicodemus um but he pops up and he says to them wait a minute we don't, the law doesn't allow us to condemn someone without first hearing them to, to be able to give an explanation. And yet they didn't want to hear it. They didn't, want to hear about, they didn't want to hear Jesus' defense of himself. They'd already made up their minds. They'd already judged him guilty. They wanted him dead. So they had completely violated the very law that they were saying that, that was the issue, that Jesus wasn't respecting. They had no respect for it. So it wasn't about that. It was really about place and position and, and their presumed authority and the way they had things. And they didn't want to hear it. And so they, they wouldn't receive it. So um, we have to be very careful not to judge merely on appearance. And we have to be careful that, that sometimes when we're, we're unsettled about things that we don't lash out sort of in, in fear often is what it is. And it comes out in the form of judgment and criticism. Because when we do that, we're out of touch with the heart of God. And our light that we're supposed to have in us has actually become darkness at that point because we've not understood ultimately then the morality of grace that Jesus reveals as the true light. And so we again need to be looking at these things all the time as we read this book and see what's going on and look at it from the point of not only how Jesus is impacting the world but the staunch resistance of the religious people of the day to make sure that it doesn't creep into our own lives. And let me say again, the, the Pharisees did not start out. It's, you can't just lump them as a bunch of bad people. They didn't start out that way. They get confused along the journey. But, but uh, we need to be careful that that doesn't happen as well. So, so ponder that. I would just consider, I encourage you to ponder that verse, verse 24. Stop um, going just on mere appearance and, and allow the Lord to help you make a right judgment on what's happening so that we can impact the world uh, for him. Amen? Amen. Good enough for tonight. Uh, If you're watching by video, thanks for watching. And uh, if you're up in Williston, um, we miss you guys. God bless you. Uh, They'll take care of you there, Scott, Pam, Dave, Cindy, everybody else. Be blessed. And we're going to shut down here and uh, call it a night. Why don't you pass me up your prayer requests? And uh, I would be happy to pray for those before we close.